The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later, you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The Gospel of the Lord. Charles Blondet was the famous tightrope walker made famous in June of 1859 when he crossed over several times the 160 feet over Niagara Falls. He got pretty confident of himself in doing that and gathered large crowds as he would walk on that thin rope across, sometimes on stilts, another time in a potato sack, one time on a bicycle, and another time as well with a hot plate cooking eggs as he was walking across. When he made it to the other side, it was said that the eggs also were over easy. No? Okay, sorry. <laughs> True story, he did all of those things. And at one point, the crowd was so large and applauding him so much that it was louder than the Niagara Falls even. He had a wheelbarrow in front of him and he was blindfolded. And he says, all right, who now can believe in me that I can cross blindfolded pushing a wheelbarrow? And the crowd applauded and said, yes, Mr. Blondin, you can do it. You're the greatest tightrope walker ever to live. You can do it, no problem. And he said, okay, could I have a volunteer jump in the wheelbarrow? <laughs> Nobody responded. That little story, though, shows us the difference between belief and faith. We sometimes use those two words synonymously as the same meaning. They had belief in Mr. Blondet that, yes, they had no reason to doubt that he has the ability and capacity to walk across Niagara Falls on that type rope because he had done it so often before. But this was just head knowledge for them now. This was just a form of knowing that didn't invest anything of their own life or own actions in that experience. But when Mr. Blondet said, okay, can I have a volunteer go in the wheelbarrow? Then there's faith. Because we place ourselves into that action of what we believe already as a form of knowledge in our minds. And I think this little anecdote helps us understand the gospel today as the apostles asked Jesus to increase their faith. They have seen Jesus, they have been with him, witnessing the miracles and hearing his preaching, but Jesus is inviting them to a faith that is put in action, that invests their whole life, mind, body, soul, and service into his way of being, into his form of living here in this world, which is with the mind of God 
and the love of God, for Jesus is God himself. And so the apostles here ask Jesus, increase our faith. And he responds to them that if they had faith the size of a mustard seed, they would say to a mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea. Now this is a contrast parable that Jesus is giving them so that they could place their faith into action. The contrast here is the smallness of a mustard seed, which is small, not the smallest seed in, in the universe, but a small one, and a mulberry tree or a sycamore tree, which has a deep root system. Sometimes up to 60 feet around the trunk of the tree could be these roots. And if you've ever had to uproot a tree by hand or with an ax, it's very, very hard work, especially when there's a deep root system that needs to be undone or taken out. And so the smallness there of their faith shows the power it has to produce great results, much bigger than they could ever anticipate. And that's the gift of faith that Declan and Elora are receiving in baptism today. And that's the gift of faith we received at our baptism. It has tremendous power. It might seem very small. It might seem that our faith is even unnoticeable some days, as it's just so much part and parcel of our way of life throughout the years. And yet, like a mustard seed, when planted, when shared, it can spread just as wild as the dandelions on our front lawn in the springtime. It has tremendous growth power and tremendous transformative power. But we might ask ourselves, well then, why did the disciples ask their, their faith to be increased by Jesus in the gospel today? Well, if you're to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 17 some point this week, you'll see why they asked for their faith to be increased. It's because Jesus just taught them about the need to forgive people who have offended them. He said, if a person offends you seven times a day and comes back to you seven times and says, I'm sorry, I repent, you must forgive this person. We know how tough forgiveness can be, right? Especially if somebody's a repeat offender, and yet Jesus is saying we still should forgive them and offer them that new opportunity, not ignoring the injustices done, but by blessing them and allowing God's Holy Spirit to hopefully change their heart in some way. Now, this makes sense why the apostles then said, increase our faith, Lord, because that could be a difficult teaching to put into practice. We like it as a belief, as a way of knowledge and kind of an understanding of our faith, but when we have to put that into faith and practice of the message of forgiveness that Jesus gives to us, it seems like it's insurmountable. It would be easier to pull up a sycamore or mulberry tree and plant it in the sea and hope it grows. And yet Jesus says we have that power in us. We have that power of faith given to us in our baptism. So a couple of examples of mustard seed faith and what they can do for the world and for our lives and church and families comes from two founders of our two Catholic organizations in our parish community of the Knights of Columbus and the Catholic Women's League. A couple weeks ago, you know the Catholic Women's League of St. Simon and St. Jude Council celebrated their 100th anniversary. And the Knights of Columbus last evening, their 85th anniversary here at the parish as well. 85 and 100 years of service to our community at large and our church and our families. But both of their founders started off very small and planted seeds of faith that grew exponentially way beyond their expectations. 
the foundress of the Catholic Women's League, Margaret Fletcher, just started a group of women in her own parish community in England in 1906, just to strengthen women at a time when they really needed help with one another and support each other in their daily work and their life of faith. She never dreamt that it would go beyond her parish church community in England. And yet by 1922, it was in all of the Commonwealth nations throughout the world with tens of thousands of members and continues on to this day. Tremendous when we think about it. That was not, I'm sure, in her game plan at the beginning, just trying to do something locally for the women around her. And then the Knights of Columbus with Father Michael McGivney, blessed Father Michael McGivney. He had to leave school at 13 years old in Connecticut and work in a factory making brass spoons. So he was unable to finish his education. And working in a factory at that time was horrible working conditions, long hours and difficult. But he continued studying and was able to finish his education after work hours and entered the seminary in Montreal, Quebec to be formed for the priesthood. He was sent back to the New England States to begin with his first parish assignment at St. Mary's Parish in New Haven, Connecticut. It was the only Catholic church in that area, and it was very tough for that people to grow in their faith and to subside because every time they tried to build their church, it was vandalized or burnt down. And so over and over again, they tried rebuilding, and finally they had this community there. But a pandemic came out in the late 1800s, Many people were suffering and trying to stay alive, and poverty was really rampant. And this left many families in his parish community widowed and orphaned. And so he got a group of men together from the parish to start a fraternal organization to support these families in poverty, especially for the widows and the children who were left without a father of a family because he died in a work-related accident or because of the pandemic at that time. They were able to form and form insurances for these families and support these men in their faith. And now today, a hundred and something years later, the Knights of Columbus are almost two million members strong throughout the world in several countries. And the most recent form of councils is on university and college campuses. Young men are inspired by the faith and the devotion and way of life and service of the Knights of Columbus that in the last 20 years, there's been 200 university and college campuses in Canada and the United States of Knights of Columbus councils, not just found in parishes, but on school campuses. Father McGivney would have never dreamt that, but planted a mustard seed of faith, seeing a need in his own neighborhood and responding with an act of faith. And God did the rest. If you're not already a member of one of these two great Catholic organizations, I invite you to prayerfully consider doing so as we renew ourselves after coming out of the pandemic and reach out to any of the members of the Catholic Women's League or Knights of Columbus of ways that we can support one another in our faith, grow in service, and build up our communities once again. We just never know what a little act of faith can do and what God can do when he begins to produce that growth that be exceeds our own imaginations. And when Jesus is pushing the wheelbarrow on the tight rope, there's no danger of falling because that rope is firmly on the ground. It's on a rock solid foundation. So when he says, can I have a volunteer to jump into that wheelbarrow of faith? You can say yes, it'll be safe there with the Lord our Savior.